1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. welcome it is it's just a justin and sarah show today yeah welcome to another irreverent media podcast rev covery (laughs) we realized recently that our irreverent media connection for some reason it didn't hasn't been populating so you guys don't know you might not even know that we're an irreverent media podcast but we are we're not trying to hide it we're a proud member proud member media and it's been the Justin and Sarah show for about 45 minutes now. Uh, That's fair. We've been, we've been having a good time and just hanging out and catching up. But now now it's a Justin and Sarah show. <laughs> That's recorded. <laughs> That's being recorded. There's like before show and the after show. Eventually, That's we should true. just invite uh, folks from the Discord to come to the before. We probably should. Just yeah. have the live recording for them. And then they can see the, the mayhem that, that is, is our... us. That is me saying I should rip my tooth out because it hurts drinking whiskey like they did back in the day yeah I, i'm drinking whiskey just so I'm not. I'm everyone drinking is wine. aware also we shared a little bit about like what our week was like and i shared that i did my first like legit tough mutter i've done the one that was at camp pendleton which is a mud run yeah which was difficult but tough mutter was like <laughs> they actually had tear gas <laughs> i, love I ran Nine miles, so 15K of trail running, and then had like 20 obstacles to do. And my That's back so is like cut up. Uh, I have bruises all over. And you were like, and you loved it, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're so much fun. They are mm-hmm. an absolute blast. You get to know people in ways that you never thought you would. <laughs> I know. I think, And it's great. Yeah, it, it had... Why it feels interesting that I did it is that I actually did it with, I was signed up by, I, I call him my boss, but really a company that I sort of in-house coach and then also help out with their administration and whatnot. And I like to call him my boss because he was my friend way before all this. He asked if I could come and work for his company, but he was like, hey, I'm gonna si- I'd like to sign you up for this race. And I was like, yeah, but what didn't happen was me looking up what the race entailed, which is very different than me. Because he knows me from work and I am incredibly detail oriented. So he was like, like two weeks ago, I was like, I just looked up what we're doing. And he was like, yeah, I figured, Sarah, you research everything. You didn't look up to see. And I was like, no, there's something called an Arctic enema. Does that sound like something you would sign up for? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. Which you like, what it is, is it's like ice bath, but you have to dip under two like barriers like barrels Mm -hmm. which i was like what and then there was this crawl thing and you only have like you're in water and you're upside down and you're you're like encaged for 50 yards i only made it halfway that was the only one that i had to be like uh and i actually didn't call it to get out 
apparently I look so panic. The sideline person was like, we're getting her out of the water. What happened is it was so cold, my body panicked. So they were trying to talk to me and all I could do is go. <gasps> and so they were like, we can't keep her in there locked in. So they let me out. But I was 25 yards in. So anyway, point being, at the very start of it, this Marine, I think he was a Marine, did this whole speech. And it felt sacred because he said that one of the guys that used to run the race all the time had passed away. And he had said to him, you know, because he did all these things before he was passing away because he found out he had cancer, which resonated with me because currently just found out one of my friends passed away from cancer. And my other friend is in hospital for cancer. So I was already pretty sensitive to that. And he was like, this guy said, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Right. So he and he had us all take a knee, which he was like, this is not about my ego. This is what felt a little bit like a what do you call him? Like a drill sergeant. This isn't for my ego. It's for all of us to see each other and for all of us to know that this is an awkward thing that we're doing together, but we're doing it together. And for some reason, when he said that and then said, like, we're all in this together, because if you don't know, a Tough Mudder, Justin and I talked about it for like 30 minutes, but a Tough yeah. Mudder is one of the only races that you like help the people around you. You can yeah. only do the race because of teams around you. Yeah, and that's that's what I like about them versus other races like that because there are obstacles that you have to have help. Have to. Like you I mean, I mean maybe if you're like a super athlete or something you can get through, but from most folks you have yeah. to figure out a way to like there was I forget what the name of the obstacle was, but it's like we're making like this human ladder and strangers yeah. are crawling over you. Yeah. Like and you're you're it's happy to help. You're happy to help too. Yeah. You're like, "Come on up." Like, well, they're the one at the end all on my body. And all of this feels a little bit like a church metaphor, because today part of the, the story is, too. So I did that on Saturday. Today is Sunday when we're recording and Palm Sunday, by the way. I I went to church because I served communion as the presiding pastor. But it felt I honestly thought if I had to preach, I would preach about this experience because the end of the race, you had to sprint at this thing called the. Mount Everest, you just sprint as fast as you could. And then you throw your arms in the air with hope that someone will grab you and pull you over the fence. Like there is a total potential that you could throw your arms in the air and no one is there and you will just like boom and fall all the way down. Yeah. If that's and not a metaphor. It, there's just a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of weird trust and, and somehow it works. Yeah. That's, that's why it's such a wild experience and yeah if you if you are able-bodied and able to do something like that i'd say go for it and i think that was a lesson for me too so all of the reason i thought i would share that is that um there's so much in the last two years that i never thought i'd be able to do and i thought i would miss out on church experience or community experience at the depth at which i've experienced it in the church setting to feel fear with other people in some ways, not fear, just like knowing I can't do this without you. And to know that like, I was going to try something in the my boss and friend and his brother in law. So I ran it with two dudes who are Spartan warriors. Um, <laughs> these guys like are used to they're in, intense athletes, right? Like, uh, and then there was spears me. for fun. They do actually. They, You know, what? funny that you mentioned that they apparently like do it at home because that was uh, yeah. the one thing they weren't great at. Yeah. So, so then they, they got one. They're spirit checking. They do. And these guys are like, <laughs> one's a surgeon and one owns a lot of businesses. And they're like, 
cool too. It's not like you know, it's a douchebag. I don't know assumption that you might have anyway. Yeah, like the assumption people have about me when they see that oh he has workout right. videos. He a must be an ass. right? Yeah, yeah. These guys are ri- rad, and it was also this sense of like being wholly welcomed into a space that I was not prepared for, and what felt mm-hmm. sacred was that as I was running this race, I kept running into different people and like the same people over and over again, but it might be mile five. It might be, you know, cause it's nine miles, 15 K. Yeah. So nine point something. And everyone in the audience is yelling uh, <laughs> exactly how far it is. But it was just a sense of like, Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. I wonder how they're doing people who I don't know you other than that. You helped flip me over this triangle thing. Like it was just the weirdest mm-hmm. like thing. And then we get to this thing that was this like giant slide, which sounds mm-hmm. fun, except it's like, massive and you're going down it while they're hitting you with fire hoses everyone's like she paid money to do this i thought she i was concerned about her mental health before now i'm really concerned but this girl was standing beside me and i looked around and i was like are you doing this race by yourself and she was like yep and i was like oh do you want to do you want to go down with us no words she just grabs my hand yeah. and like holds my hand and i'm not weirded out i'm not like interlaces fingers someone i had just met and i thought and i i saw her finish and i was yelling her name at the top of my lungs like i was prouder than i was of like yeah and it i don't know why but it feels like that is those sacred spaces that that i thought i would miss out on because i wasn't looking for them in the ordinary Unless it was like going to be something I was going to share. <laughs> she says is that now she's sharing. <laughs> now, now you're sharing. But right. yeah. Oh, man. The like the whole like had an experience to sharing in a sermon pipeline is. Uh, <laughs> it's very short. It's very, very short. Like less than 24 hours. I know. And I'm doing well, it right I, now. I experienced that in CrossFit a lot of times. Like I would get to know people much faster than in a CrossFit gym than any small group. I've ever been a part of at a church. And part of it is, it, I mean, it's shared vulnerability, mm-hmm. it's, you know, because it, it, it's like physically, I might be incapable of this trauma bonds. I'm, Just I'm kidding. Trauma bond. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it is maybe a little <laughs> bit like, like similar to a trauma bond. It's not like, but it's just like, yeah, we're, we're in this insane experience together. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly what you're made of. Like, yeah. I, I know I know the kind of person you are like I see your character um, immediately and even if and even if someone messes up even if like you miss a rep or you you fail it's like I saw someone dare greatly and fail in front of me like I'm still gonna clap for them you know and I think that that's and not that everyone needs to do those kinds of things not everyone's able to it doesn't do have to be that but that 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 kind of essence bleeds in and suddenly it's like wow this is um this is this is sacred in a way or this is a way to almost not hack that's the wrong way to say but just like a way to to jump start like yeah, connection connect. with people and i think that's yeah, important because the question we get a lot in whether it's discord or just like our discord community the recovery room or whether it's like people in in just conversations with us it's often okay well i no longer have my church community but how do i get connected to people mm-hmm. and as i've been thinking a lot about that i think about okay what has become the spaces where i'm not pastor sarah and they have been my running community my and it doesn't have to be that 
for people. It could be your knitting community. It can be where it could be your Discord mm-hmm. that you're talking to. But it's those moments where you allow vulnerability. Yeah. Like the minute I said I am scared to the guys, we were driving up there, and I was like, "Hey guys, like, I'll I'll be honest in this space as well as I was with them." Is I've been working with my therapist around the idea of saying no because of some childhood trauma and also not family trauma, just to be clear, uh, and also some trauma around, and I hate using, I think trauma is an overused word, but around some of the stuff about working in a church was that I never thought I had the autonomy to say no. So yeah. even when I really wanted to, and so I was telling them, look guys, there might be some challenges that I'm going to say no to, and it's going to be important for you to hear my no. Yeah. And they were both, they both received that so lovely and said, we know you're kind of a badass athlete. Like we're not like, if you say no, thank you for letting us know. Because in the past guys, I would have just pretended I could do all things, right? Like I can do yeah. this. And even when it was really scary for me and I, but did I want to do it was her question. It was like, do you want to do this race? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at first, but I say all that to say it has been really fun to step into spaces and places and ask myself, do I really want to do this? Mm-hmm. And so what is that thing? You know, when's the last time you did something for the first time is a great question to ask when you're trying to figure out how do I find community and friends? Maybe it's going to take me, you know, risking going to the, mm-hmm. do they have CrossFit meetups? I don't know. Or uh, a well, book club yeah. or like, well, yeah, what's the thing? Yeah, I mean, there's for CrossFit, there's like Saturday morning workouts that are a lot of gyms do them for free. Like you can just come and you can meet them or, you know, there's competitions and stuff you can go to. Or like today I snapped a picture because I, okay, so here's something I'm doing for the first time. I'm running a half marathon. So proud of you. Yeah, I am. I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it. So I ran six miles today. I went to uh, like one of the metro parks, but like I, I, I went to the bathroom at one point. And like I saw like a bunch of their like announcements and stuff, stuff they're doing, and I'm like they they do hikes and stuff. They have stuff for kids like mm-hmm. I, that I'm just unaware of. So I'm like I'm gonna take a picture of this, and I might take my kids to something, or I might go to something myself. Like like you just have to go where people are doing a thing. Like because I think here's here's the here's gonna be a maybe a difficult truth. Like you bonded with people at church because you were doing a thing together. Yeah, there probably wasn't necessarily a secret sauce or like, I mean, the Holy Spirit, I think that there is a transcendent spirit to things, but like you sang songs together, like you can get that a lot of places. You go to karaoke. You, you did a service project together. You can do that a lot of places. And so it wasn't necessarily church. It was mm. doing a thing together. So if find things to do with other people. And if it works great, if it doesn't find something else. Yeah. I think that's important as we go into kind of one of the, we were talking about like, we have time to have a show, just the two of us. And people, you know, will be like, Oh, you two, it's been a while since you did a show together. We're like, well, what are we going to talk about? Because truthfully, we talk about a lot of things as the two of us all the time all week. Yeah. Not sure there's stuff that you guys want to hear. But as we were talking about it, we're like, well, this is Holy Week. And last year we talked about what do you do when you're not sure how to not be a professional Christian in church on Easter? Do you go? Do you not mm-hmm. go? And you said something that I thought was profound, which was like, every year it matters to me less and less. Yeah. And not church, sorry, not church matters to you less and less. 
but the decision whether to go or not, it's not as right. Am I? It just doesn't. It's it's weird, but it just it just matters to me less and less. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't. There's rare. There's never a Sunday now where I'm like, you know, it'd be great to be in church right now. That just doesn't that just doesn't happen. And Mm. and that's and that's not to say that church isn't a good place. Like, I I do want to make that clear. That's not me saying churches are bad or they're boring or they're terrible or whatever. That's not it. It's just like for me, I'm like, yeah, there's just not that drive is not there anymore. And and I'm okay with it. I'm Mm -hmm. at peace with it. I am very happy with my life in a lot of ways. And and my kids are very happy with their life and their spiritual development too, which they shocker, they get that outside of church. So it it does. And but also I I I can empathize with folks that like this is it's still a hard it's still hard or this is their first Easter out and they're not sure what to do. And so it's right. I, I can I can hold both of those at once. I can hold that like I'm like I'm fine. Trust me, you're going to be great uh, in a few years. But I can also hold that like, yeah, I understand that you don't know what to do and that's okay. And it feels a little overwhelming. I think mm-hmm. so. I, I did. I went to church today. I led communion because a pastor I know was sick. Yeah. Tell me about this. Uh huh. And so what I was originally going to do, which have been way funnier guys, but I had some technical difficulties was I was just going to send you a picture of me in a robe and be like, guess what I did today? Like full robe. Went right into it. And I'm Pastor Sarah at that place. It's not even the last church I worked at. It was a church before the last place I worked at, which is a much larger situation, which was only interesting because I had talked. Well, it was interesting for a lot of reasons, but it was great. I had a great experience. I did communion. That still matters to me a lot. The table, the idea of the normalization of having a a meal together and just how I just feel like it like brings us all to the same level. Same with like doing mm-hmm. a <laughs> tough mutter it all yeah it all has that like vibe of we got to do things together folks and it's great and it was wonderful but earlier in the week i had a tough conversation with someone from my denomination it was a great conversation it wasn't that the conversation was tough but they did share with me that there is a narrative that goes around <laughs> about me that isn't true and a, a lot of old feelings came back and so i found it interesting that then in an emergency situation, I was asked to lead within this denomination that has in some ways really hurt me. And mm-hmm. the, the, the conversation was a little bit around how some folks think that I couldn't hack it. I just complained about it. My life was so great. I was handed everything. And then I kind of bit the hand that fed me by complaining about it. And then I, I I left and then I've been doing really, really well, which is true. I've been doing great, but not also like, not like I <laughs> just as like, I think they thought you became an influencer and that now when they're thick, cause they, you know, there's a potential that I could work in a denominational situation again, not as a lead pastor folks who are like, don't do it, Sarah. Um, <laughs> We're like, no, no. Uh, but she was like, I just want you to know that's not what I think of you. Like, I don't oh, think of you as great. someone who like got spoiled. And, and my, what was special for me, and, and I hope will be encouraging for you guys, is that I was able to go in and do church today 
and feel good about it, feel good about the the gift that I was giving, knowing that I am not responsible for this community at large, hearing mm-hmm. all that they're going through and going, man, I, I love all of you. I am so glad, you know, and also I'm not responsible for this and I can still feel good about this, even though there is this overarching story that goes around about me that isn't true. And I no longer feel like I need to control that narrative. Yeah, that's great. And that's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Easter, guys, death and resurrection, dying it, to it is. the story that I, you know, I, I just want everyone, I just want everyone to know the truth. And the truth is, like, people will always make up stories about you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was a hard lesson for both of us to learn leaving ministry. <laughs> I mean, it's a hard lesson to learn just in any relationship that you you have very little control over the stories people tell about you. Yeah. And, you know, and Sarah, in your case, whoever people are that believe this about you, like you've already given them enough evidence to the contrary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you've already and and they've chosen to ignore it or have chosen to interpret it in the worst light possible, whatever. and so bending over backwards to try to give them more evidence to the contrary is, is just a waste of time. It's crazy making, right? It is. It's crazy making. And, and it's that, I mean, just as humans, that's hard. I think as pastors, that's maybe especially hard because your job in a lot of ways is like getting people to like you. (laughs) Like that's, that's part of the job. Like very few pastors are successful that everyone hates, you know? Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll, you know, but uh, he has a a certain subset of people that love that. And unfortunately, people like Mark Driscoll don't lose sleep at all over what people think of them. And so at at risk of of wanting to take on more qualities of Mark Driscoll, um, (laughs) I would say I feel like it is an important skill to learn to, to be in tune with yourself. And mm-hmm. and to be also in tune with harm reduction, I think that's maybe Absolutely. where folks like Mark Driscoll fall off the deep end. It's like you can't just be like, I'm doing whatever. It's it's also being in tune with harm reduction and in tune with your community and people that really know you. I think that's I think to me, that's the key. There's this there's layers of folks that are like, yeah, maybe they're related to me. Maybe they know me, but they don't like. They're not on the team, so to speak. Right. And then there are people that are on the team. and. If they're not giving you a check and if they're not saying, hey, you're messing up, then you're probably fine and let the crowd think what they want. And you have gone through other stuff that like we've talked about a little as well, where like in the past we would have tried to not argue our case, but like, look at all this, look at all this evidence of I'm a good person. And if I just work harder, people will see I'm a good person. If I just... You know, if I make conference minimum, which is what I did for my entire career, if I just like, you know, if I, I don't, if I don't cause too much of a stir, if I don't do all these things, then maybe, then maybe they'll see who I really am. The truth is they're not looking for who you really are. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing as I entered into these courses as I knew I was going to push myself to my limit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't for the first time in a lot of years feel like I needed to impress anyone. And it feels like a very interesting way to start Holy Week. <laughs> and then like, yeah, I released 
the need to perform. Yeah. Yeah. And this might, this might not be profound to any of you. And maybe it is profound to some of you that those of us who have been quote unquote professional Christians, or even just those of us who grew up in certain spaces and places, whether that's, you know, for me moving to the South and feeling like then I lost my voice in some ways, or I tried to become someone or be something. And, and it was never meant as a, as a fake. I was literally just trying to fit in. And mm-hmm. I think I've, I, I took those lessons a little too well. And I think in so many ways, it's just fun to go, okay, like, what if I didn't care what everyone thought about me? And everyone who is not an Enneagram three is like, that's how I live my life. Like eight Enneagram eights right now are like, I don't care what people think about me. Yeah, I'm like, I was born with this advice. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is, it's such a, I think a lot of us who have existed in these spaces, it's taken us a long time to be honest about how we feel about it. Cause it's hard to die to that yeah. version of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's it, to me, that's the, like, there's a lot about the Christian story. I don't resonate with anymore, but death and resurrection. I definitely still do. Right. Um, and like, especially when you're talking about the death of your own ego Oof. and how you get wrapped up in making sure and just maintaining everyone's perception of you. And and just how exhausting that is. Mm-hmm. And and at a certain point, you just have to be like, I can't make my case anymore. No. Like, and I I have to just be OK with you not believing the best about me. And then when you're honest and you open yourself up to honesty with yourself and others, the beautiful, beautiful like space that creates like, yeah. Again, not to be the pastor that I, the preacher, but like, I'm just not even going to apologize to you guys anymore. But one of the guys that was running with me is a surgeon. He's a super fit surgeon. Like, I am sure if there's a definition of a male, that's it, right? Like, awesome guy, though. Incredibly brilliant. Wonderful. So I was a little intimidated at first because here's a guy who does Spartan races all the time. And he joked around with his brother-in-law, who's my friend. Uh, and I was like, oh, he is not going to be okay if I can't do something. And then we get to this race part that like, I knew I was going to be scared of. I'm a little claustrophobic and to be in water in dark and have like a fence over top <laughs> of you. And everyone's like, you paid money to do this. I didn't. My friend registered me, but I, they pulled me out because I couldn't, I apparently wasn't able to tell them I was fine. I just needed a second, right? I needed to gather. And it was really, yeah. really cold because the water had been overnight in like really cold. So. All of the water at the Tough yeah. Mudder. Oh, yeah. It's intentionally really cold. cold. Yeah. 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 It's all <laughs> it's like so a cold. ice bath. So I'm upside down. I get disoriented. I come up. Apparently, my face looks scared. And they are really good about pulling you out. And so the line person made the call and they pulled me out, which was great. I felt bad about it later because I was like, oh, I only had like 25 more feet to swim. I could have done it. And now it makes me want to go back. But this wonderful man that was running with me was like, I, I was like, oh, what is he going to think of me, right? Like going back to my old pattern. And mm-hmm. we start running and he looks at me. He goes, I was scared too. Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> he said, I was scared too. Honestly, if they hadn't noticed you, they might have noticed me. I made the same mistake. I went too far like you did in the first breath. Mm-hmm. And I was scared yeah. too. And because you got pulled out, they probably didn't pull me out. But it's okay to be scared. I was scared yeah. too. Yeah. And... It was a wonderful reminder of like when we allow ourselves to be human and vulnerable, we might be making space for someone else to do the same thing. Yep. And I feel like it was after I failed that 
I was no longer bulletproof and we were able to have such an incredible day of vulnerability. And like, I won't reveal all the conversations we had, but we were trail running and talking about our lives in a way that, um, yeah, was just beautiful. And I think that's, I guess the story of Easter in some ways, dying to our, mm-hmm. dying to what we thought, dying to what we thought would be the thing. And in some ways that's what the show is about. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's, I think when when someone can go first like that, I feel like that's a sacred thing. There's a excerpt, and well, it's from Rachel Held Evans, her book Searching for Sunday, where she talks about like the role of clergy being the role of someone that goes first. Oh, and I had forgot about that. Like, I mean, I that was like I I wore that as like my oh. mantra for a long time in ministry. Like, it's my job to go first and to say the scary thing. And to say the true thing. And and I, I try to live my life like that now. I mean, I don't have to be clergy. I mean, I'm, I'm going to fall St. Rachel. It's a, it doesn't have to be clergy that does that. But right. But I, that someone can go first and be like, yeah, I was scared. I'll be the one that admits that I, that, that was scary. It's interesting. And it suddenly opens up everybody to yeah. be okay. So I've been recording these videos that I'm going to slowly release just about exactly what you're talking about called I'll go first. So my first one was I have a really weird insecurity about windshield wipers and the speed at which they go. Yeah. So I said, what's a weird insecurity you have? I'll go first. But I've like made all these videos since then. Well, before then and since then I haven't posted yet, but like, what's the weirdest data you've ever been on? I'll go first. (laughs) because. I think that is what has felt like my role is to be the one who opens up the space, but it requires dying to the image that maybe people had of me before. So today Mm -hmm. the gift of like serving communion, which to me is still something I get a little teary over doing to get to serve the meal first and then to experience it with other people was such a beautiful returning where I've been before. But it is hard to imagine, like, what is Easter now? Like, what do I do this Easter? What are you doing on Easter, sir? Do you even know? It's well, next Sunday, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the weekend, I'm going to spend some time with family. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we'll do baskets for the kids and hunt Easter eggs. It just, it, it to me, it, it's a very much, a, it's not a secular holiday. Because it's like, we're, but it's just more like, it's really more about the Easter bunny and like just the fun and celebration of that. It's, it's a lot less about like, this is going to be crass. I'm sorry for my like more Christian members of the audience. Like it's going to be a lot more Easter bunny and a lot less. Hey, some guy died for you. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's just going to be, you know, like, and cause, cause to my kids, that's what it comes across as. That's the reason I say it that crassly. But at the same time, I'm still talking to them every now and then about, what it means to to change and to transform and to be different and you know and that that's that's death and resurrection too kids are obsessed with butterflies you know like and so it's like there are ways to get these these messages these you know this these important i think truths about existence that don't yeah. involve necessarily a particular religion and and i think that that's even okay like yeah i think sometimes even the ways we communicate things have to die and have to be born again over and over again. Well, even like that you need to like, you know, sometimes I think, what do people think if they know I'm 
going back to church sometime. But it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's the same thing where you're worried about something that was never yours to worry about in the first place and is distracting you probably from the thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. If I spend forever worrying what people think about me and all the things and and then I worry about, well, am I narcissistic because I worry about the way people... I don't think so. I think it's the way I was enculturated, is that word? The way I was raised by the culture around me, even just as a female-bodied person in the South for a while, from Canada even, like these ideas that I needed to show up in a certain way to be not too big, not too small. You, you really did get the double doozy of, oh, yeah. of pleasing other people. Oh. Canadian mm-hmm. and Southern. Wow. Little sister, youngest child, voted most likely to succeed in high school. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll be honest, I didn't think I was in Enneagram 3 until an expert told me, and then I got real mad about it, and then Jen Hatmaker, a friend of mine who held his name job, Jen and I were on the phone and she laughed at me. She cackled at me and said, oh, honey, you're a three. <laughs> she said, gave my three, gave you the your Jen three. Hatmaker cackle. <laughs> yeah, I love her laugh so much. And she was just like, no, no, your, your three saw my three and said, there you are. And yeah, that's how we hi. became friends in five minutes. But yeah, I think it's, what, what can we let die this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and so... I've been invited to go on this really, I'm going, I'm climbing, I'm climbing Mount Whitney. Again, something I'm paying to do, guys. So it's like 22 miles, 6,000 feet of gain. It's going to be hard. It's going to be like running a marathon in snow uphill. Uphill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet I feel really compelled to do it while I still have the health and it's great to be able to do it. And I think in honor of my friends who aren't doing well physically, I, I really want to do this thing. But because of that, I do training hikes twice a month right now and one of them's on easter and everybody asked should we still do the hike and i thought is there anything more beautiful than hiking with a bunch of people as the sun comes up Mm -hmm. on easter that feels sacred you know and yeah it is and that's and to me like what is more sacred like doing something like that or or like arranging surprises for my kids versus rousing everyone out of bed and dressing them up in clothes they don't like Mm. to go to a service that they probably don't want to be at, at least my Mm. children, at least like to say that I did a thing and then we'll eat ham afterwards. Like I hate ham. See, okay, let's talk about ham. (laughs) I'm sorry. We're going to talk about ham. I don't mind. Let's do it. Let's go ham. Because ham is not my favorite either. Okay. Okay. It's really not. Confession time. And I mean, I, I'll tolerate ham, like, but if there's like any option, name a other meat than- and ham, I'm going to prefer that other meat. Okay. I don't know the obsession with ham. I don't get the obsession with ham. I don't. Eat- I like my family loves ham. They Pigs they're absolutely really smart. I don't like eating them. Yeah, I just. I mean, I mean, I, I do like, I do, I do like a good, I do like make some good pig, just not ham, yeah. not hammed. I feel like it feels like an insult to the animal. Like, <laughs> give me, give me the pig fresh. Don't pickle it. <laughs> like, anyway. Now we've ostracized our super Christian listeners, our vegan listeners, yeah, um, our pork lovers, our Jewish listeners. Everyone is offended. Yeah, pretty much, and that's fine. And while they're being offended, let's take a quick break. For some ads. 
Let's do it. And and then But it's not even halfway through. So we're like close to the end. So Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you gotta mix up the ad break. It's for the algorithm. <laughs> so we'll be right back and then we we'll will. have some final thoughts. We'll have some Yeah, like a resurrection thoughts. <gasps> yeah. Oh. So stick around for the ad that you may or may not get. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. All right. Welcome back from commercial. We talked about all the things we were letting die, including our ego, uh, including our need to perform. What's something like that we're letting be birthed? Hmm. Yeah. Be birthed. Doula-ing. Doula. What are we? Yeah. What are we doula-ing? Uh, <laughs> that's that feels like a very, um, very Christian-y phrase. I don't know. Doula-ing. What are you doula-ing right now? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I mean, we can think of another fine. way to say it. But what yeah, are we making? Like, we're not going to we- edit that out, though. That's good. No, uh, don't leave it in. What are you? What are you midwifering in? Ooh, even better. <laughs> um, I'm whiffing a lot. If we're honest, I'm messing up a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think during this season for me is I don't know, just trying to embrace the new things that are coming my way, and and trying to see them, and I'm trying to Ooh. have uh, because I think it's it's really easy for life to become for you to live a life in such a way that you experience the same year 40 years in a row. And I don't want to do that. Like I, I mean, last year I said, Hey, I want to travel more in 2023. Wasn't a new year's resolution. Cause those are dumb, but, <laughs> but now we're making like Easter tide resolution, Eastern tide. Uh, but I just, I was like, I, I want to, and and when I say travel, I'm not talking about like going to Austria or something. It's Ooh. like I'm gonna go, like, to Los go Angeles or yeah. go away on a weekend to to do something or see a friend or something. And I try not to see that as a barrier. Right. Um, trying to be like, you know, I I have the opportunity to do this, and I I I can try to have the means to do it. And even if I'm driving somewhere to and it's just i don't know just trying to like have a lot more curiosity and a lot more take more risks that way for relationships not just like for myself even but just like to i don't know to gamble a little bit and and to see what life has for me that's i, like I guess that. that's what's being born and and people will say like oh you're you know you're just traveling too much or whatever it's like folks it's like once a month it's not that much uh, <laughs> Again, don't worry about what other people think. Remember? But yeah, but yeah, but I'm just I'm just trying to be like, no, I I I am trying to expand my horizons and be curious about the world and and to say yes to the opportunities that come to me instead of like 
trying to evaluate them on some odd scale of what people might think. I like it. I like it. What about you? What are you midwifering? Midwifering. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I don't think I know. Um, I think this idea of being able to say no is a big one, and not just that. Valuing myself. One of the things that any of my close friends know is I am really uncomfortable in situations where I have to like negotiate salaries mm-hmm. um, or negotiate pay or whatever I be. And I'm currently nego- like I'm learning how to negotiate. And that to me feels very much like a new thing. Uh, learning mm-hmm. to own a lot of things in my life as mine, like learning how to say, oh yeah, I didn't make the money I might've thought I should make or need to make to need, you know, but the, to live where I live, which is a, definitely a thing of privilege for sure. Not that I live in a really big place, but I live in California. So it's so expensive. Um, I have to learn how to think I am enough to say I need more pay to do this thing. Yeah. And every time I do it, there's a little pride that comes like, it's like, you did it. You did it. Yeah. It's scary for me. It's overwhelming for me. I have numbers blindness as someone who has ADHD. So talking about numbers is really hard for me. I have a lot of insecurity around it. But that's the thing I'm, I feel like is being born in me is the ability to own my own, yeah, worth in some ways. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. So great. Yeah, we're doing it. Kind of. Yeah, we're doing it. And when I go to bed, I'm going to be like, I can't believe I said that. I shouldn't have said that. Right? I worry about what people think still. Well, it's it's interesting because I a lot of this stuff does sound like trite platitudes, like totally. you know, knowing your worth or trying yeah, to be more curious. Mm-hmm. Like, but these things are cliches for a reason, right? Like, because I I think that well, I think one because they work, but also because it's so easy to overlook them. Mm. You know, like oh, I want to try to find the real deep thing or whatever. It's like I, sometimes it's actually not doesn't need to be that deep it just needs to be sincere and i mean that's that's like that's just a very like college thing to say you know like oh i need to find the deep thing the real thing my real contribution it's like actually no just be curious man like say yes to the opportunities that come don't worry about people think say no sometimes and and that's i think i think it's gonna be all right yeah i I think it's actually going to be more than all right. I think that's the. You're right. It's going to be good. And that's what this next season of death and resurrection is all about. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. when we think the worst has happened. And sometimes it is. But sometimes there is this ability for something else to be born. I'm committed to the idea that that next year and every year thereafter is going to be the best year of my life. I love Um, that. I always I'm, write that in people's birthday cards, by the I'm way. I'm trying to. I'm trying to just embrace it. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, uh, friends, thank you for joining us in this meandering conversation. It's always fun for us to do an episode where it's just the two of us talking. Because uh, it really pushes the, our buttons of are we enough to be listened to. <laughs> but the truth <laughs> is, you guys are so great and encouraging. So thank you. We have something a little special for you. Normally, we record the quotes or whatever later but this conversation was sparked by quotes so we thought we would share those with you so um this is like right away justin what is the quote that you want to share i i do want to share that quote from rachel held evans because i think about clergy but because i think it's 
it's interesting because my relationship to my relationship to it has changed, but at the same time, it's something I very much want to embody. So I will read it. Uh, this is from Searching for Sunday, which for a lot of folks was like a big deal book. And she said, as she said this, uh, I often wonder if the role of the clergy in this age is not to dispense information or guard the prestige of their authority, but rather to go first, to volunteer the truth about their sins, their dreams, their failures, and their fears in order to free others to do the same. Such an approach may repel the masses looking for easy answers from flawless leaders, but I think it might make more disciples of Jesus, and I think that might make healthier and happier pastors. <sighs> and I absolutely, I miss her. But also, I years later, having deconstructed most everything, I still would agree with that sentiment. I love it. Well. I alluded to it earlier, but the thing that keeps popping in my head is the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, do what you feel in your heart to be right. You'll be criticized anyway. You'll be Mm -hmm. damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think that is really something beautiful and goes along with that. I'll go first, but I'm going to go first in an honest way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, joining us. May you have a, you know, whatever this week needs to be for you or not to be for you. May the bunny be good to you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The the bunny abides. Thank you so much, Justin. Always good to chat with you. Yeah. And we'll We'll uh, see you next week, friends. See you next week. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.